Well, hey there, everyone. My name is Daniel, and I'm the online campus pastor here at OAG. I am excited for today's podcast because this is from our series entitled Before You Knew Me. This will be stories and testimonies shared from folks just like you and our own church family. So sit back and relax and be inspired by what God has done and is still doing in the lives of his children. All right, now that the technical things are out of the way, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll start. Um, so pastor approached me, I don't know, about a month ago or a little bit over a month ago and asked if we would be willing to share kind of our story, our journey through through life and what brought us to the Lord. Um, and I told him, I said, let me check with my wife. And I said, uh, and as long as she's okay, I'm okay with that. So um, I pray that Lord will uh, allow somebody to get something out of this. So um, we're gonna try this. We actually never shared this together. So um, bear with us as we work through some of that. But um, kind of to frame how, how, who we are as, as people and um, where the Lord has brought us from. Um, when I was born, uh, I was born, obviously, uh, I was actually born in Norfolk, Virginia. I grew up in that area um, when I was probably about, I don't know, five or six. We moved from Norfolk, Virginia to Virginia Beach. Um, my biological father um, lived with us for till I was about five or maybe six years old, and then my mom uh, divorced him. Um, he was not a very kind man, uh, and I did not learn until about six years ago, um, yeah, six, six and a half, seven years ago at the most. Um, I always thought that he had married my mom and that that was kind of it um, until they got divorced and he later got, got remarried. Um, for a period of time after they got divorced, um, I would spend typically one weekend uh, a month with him. Um, and again, he wasn't the, the best. Um, he was an alcoholic. He was um, used drugs. Uh, ironically, I found out um, about six or seven years ago that he served in the Army. Um, he was actually in 82nd Airborne for a little while before he got out and, and pursued other things in the civilian um, sector. One of, the, one of the most painful memories, I guess, um, is um, my parents' bedroom, uh, pale blue wall, and for as long as I can, could remember, um, there was a hole in the wall um, from when, when he had gotten so angry. Uh, it wasn't his fist, it was actually the, um, the doorknob uh, was there, uh, and he, he broke through the, the drywall. I was looking for the right word there. Um, the other painful memory I have uh, was I had, as a kid, I had warts in a couple places. Uh, one of them happened to be at the, the, on the back of my leg, um, at, right at the joint. Um, so that would occasionally actually 
tear, if you will, I guess that's probably the right term, uh, and open up. And I remember distinctly, I don't remember my mom being in the car with, with us at the time, but he was taking me to the doctor and I'm, I'm literally on the floor of the, in the back seat crying, because um, in Brian's mind, Brian's about to die. Um, but he looked back at me and he said, you are the biggest mistake um, that I ever made. And I, if I'm being honest, <clears throat> I carried that and honestly, probably until we got here. Um, did I really start to address that? Um, I remember uh, before he, uh, my mom divorced him, uh, one time he ended up in jail and she went to go see him and I was with her uh, and she left me in the, she left me in the car <laughs> and told me to duck down in the front floorboard and stay there now she didn't go there for hours uh, I, and I never asked her why she why she did that as, as opposed to um, I was fortunate I grew up um, very close to um, her parents and was very involved I'm the oldest of four grandchildren um, so why she didn't make arrangements to, like, say, drop me off with, with my grandmother um, there. Um, after she divorced him, we moved uh, first to an apartment, then to, to a house. Um, and one of the strangest memories, and I shared it with one or two people since we've been here, um, I had a dog that I pretty much had my entire childhood until I was... Um, about, four, about 15, 16 years old when she died. Um, but she got pregnant twice. Um, and I don't know the whole animal side, but apparently there was something up with uh, a few of the puppies in both litters. And either she sat on them or whatever, but they died. So as a little kid, my, my mom tried, um, but yeah, Son, I need you to go into the doghouse and get the dead puppies because I can't deal with that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's a few, few uh, things there. Um, when I first started going to school, uh, I went for the first couple of years to a private school. Um, we weren't poor. Um, I would not say that we were wealthy. Um, and probably the, the biggest thing that stood out to me and in that time was um, they didn't know where to put me when it came to reading. So they had me meet with, some, uh, with a teacher or some kind of specialist. I don't know if it was technically a specialist at the time. And they would give me these little books that had different stories and then I would read them and come back and we'd discuss them and things like that. Um, and the most profound thing that, that happened as they were trying to figure this out is um, one of, the, one of the little book of stories that they gave me, I took it home, and it's probably the only time I, I started that and, and literally stayed up until I finished it and went back and let them know. Um, she didn't believe me, um, which really 
angered me actually. Um, and the impact that had is from that point on until actually high school, and it was only one book, The Adventures of uh, Huckleberry Finn. Uh, that was the only time until after we actually got married that I ever finished a book moving forward. Um, so just kind of the impact that, that um, those in schools can have. We moved to North Carolina, northeastern North Carolina for four years. Um, we lived in a little community that, that was back and actually had water, um, a, a canal system right in our backyard so I could literally fish from our backyard. Um, although to me at the time, fishing, unless I was catching something, it was, it was boring. Um, so I, I swam with, as my dad would call it, Jake the Snake. Um, and thankfully, actually in the, the four years, we only had one incident where a snake was, uh, showed up while we were swimming. So um, in North Carolina, I joined FFA and was active there. And had we not moved back to Virginia four years later, I probably would not be here because I would have worked somewhere in where there was forestry or, or agriculture because um, I really enjoyed that. So after my, my sophomore year of high school, I moved, we moved back to Virginia because my dad was driving 75 miles one way every day to work while we lived there. And Bless his heart that he, he actually did that. Um, and when I say dad there, the part I left out is my mom eventually remarried. Um, and that's why I have the last name that I have today. He actually adopted me. Um, so um, in Virginia, the school that, that I attended uh, did not have FFA. And so I was kind of disappointed there. Uh, but they did have a junior uh, ROTC program. And at that point, I knew that I was probably going to go in the service. I knew I couldn't stay home after I graduated, um, nor did I want to, um, and that it was probably a, a, a good opportunity and probably smart on my, my behalf if I, if I at least did that. I didn't know at the time, but I found out that um, by, by taking three years' worth of classes um, that I actually could go in advanced uh, in rank, uh, which that, that was nice. So I actually outranked our armor when I was in basic training, uh, which was kind of interesting. He was a private and I was a private first class. So um, at the end of my junior year, with my parents signing off, because I was only 17 or 16 at the time, I think, um, I actually went to, um, dealt with a recruiter, went to MEPS, and enlisted in the, the Army under the delayed entry program. So when I started my senior year in high school, I knew as long as Brian could graduate, I knew what I was, I was gonna be doing for the next several years. Uh, and to this day, if, if you ask me, I would swear that my English teacher gave me a pass um, because English was not, and I still struggle today with English um, and writing, um, but uh, yeah, so that's, that's actually what got me there. So I'm going to stop and let 
uh, Glenda kind of share her side. So. All right. Um, one thing I wanted to say, some of the things I'm hearing from Brian is the first time for me, because when me and Brian met, we met in church and everything, we really didn't know each other. You know, we went to church together. We didn't really share, like, I don't even know if I even know where, you know, where he grew up and all that. So some of these things are new to me, and I don't know if mine will be new to him or not, because, you know, I talk more. But so <laughs> I was born in Willoughby, Ohio. My father's name was Robert McLean. My mom was Clara. I had two brothers. Uh, my oldest brother was David. He's five years older, or he was five years older than me. And I have a brother named Danny. He's four years older. My mom was 16 years old when she married my dad, so she had to have her parents' permission. Um, on my dad's side, um, I'm Scottish, and on my mom's side, I'm Pennsylvania Dutch. That's kind of, well, of course, now you can't tell, but I had kind of reddish hair when I was growing up. <laughs> and my brother had bright red hair and the temper to go with it. The, uh, the boys are dominant on my dad's side, so I'm told my great-grandmother Ruth was so excited when I was born. And, um, and then my mother, she didn't drive. I, I, when I thought about you know, things through my head about my childhood, back in that time, um, it, my father didn't feel like, you know, she needed to drive. It wasn't like he was trying to just keep her at home, but she was, you know, a housewife and he worked. And he went to work as a tool and die maker in Wycliffe, Ohio at General Electric. And he was a very smart man, you know, as a kid, I, you know, really didn't kind of pay a lot of attention to that. But growing up, I realized he, he was a very smart man. And um, <laughs> we had this, uh, one incident, my father would give my mom grocery money and he would tell her, you know, when he would return to the store, he'd drop her off and then he'd come and pick her back up. Well, not too long after I was born, dad had dropped mom at the uh, grocery store and, you know, and he kept me. And he was picking her back up and mom asked, where's the baby? And he said, oh my gosh, I left her at home. So they rushed back home, and I was still asleep. And Mom said I was tiny, so I slept in a dresser, uh, slept in a dresser drawer. Um, my father, he would get up early in the morning and had to work. And I was, it was about an hour commute. And he would return home around 5.30, 6 p.m. We'd eat dinner. He was never a big talker. I mean, by that time, he was exhausted, you know, from his day because he would be, you know, welding things and, you know, making all these tools and that. Um, but during the week, you know, he was tired. My father, he, didn't, he did not care for crowds. I really think he, he kind of had an issue with that. He did, I think that's why he dropped mom off the store. He normally didn't go to the store. <laughs> he loved Sears. And if he went to Sears, he went, he knew what he wanted, he got it, he got out of there. He, and my mom got mad because uh, <laughs> they were supposed to be going out for their anniversary. So she's thinking, oh, we're gonna you know, go out to, well, he went to the drive-through at a restaurant and that was considered their date, you know, their date. So she was like, oh, I don't know about that. And then she wanted to go to a garden show. So he said he would go to the garden show with her. 
and they got a little ways into it, and he was like, no, I, I, we gotta go. So he, he, he just had an issue, you know, with crowds for whatever reason, I don't know. Um, so we didn't go like a lot of places, you know, like, you know, like people do, you know, go to movies, go different stuff. Um, we would go see his parents who lived in Cleveland, Ohio, and my mom's parents lived in uh, Falkland, New York. It was about, I don't know, it was about maybe three, four hours or something like that um, to get to my mom's. But we didn't go constantly to New York, but like we'd go for um, Christmas, we'd go to my, my dad's parents' house, and it was unique. I don't know why, but my grandfather, he cooked. He did the cooking, he did the shopping. I guess grandma just didn't cook or learn how to cook, I don't know. And he, was, he wasn't a big talker, but he was known for, <laughs> he, he knew how to uh, pinch a penny, he really did. He, we have this story in the family about grandpa went to the store and they had like a, a sale. Um, he was getting, I don't know if it was like a bag of beans or cans of, something like that and he had his little store ad and it was and it was supposed to be um you know a few cents cheaper he had a whole grocery cart full of food and the guy that was arguing he's like no no it's not that he left the whole cart there and walked out of the store <laughs> and i was like all righty then um and i do uh, i remember one day my father, he was coming home. He'd gotten a new car. It was, I don't, I don't know if it was like brand, brand new, but it was nice. Um, it was, uh, I believe it was uh, one of them, the older Mustangs. And the funny part is, it, in the back, there were two seats. Well, there's three kids. So the middle part had kind of like this, you know, a little hump thing. Well, I had the pleasure of having to sit on that because I was the youngest and it was not comfortable because I'd be falling asleep and my brother would say, get off me, and another one, get off me. And I'm like, how do you just sit there real straight? So that was not real fun. But um, I do remember my father, He uh, one day he came home. He didn't just get it for me, but he brought me home a, a little dollhouse to play with and he got some things for my brothers and, and my mom. Um, we lived in a trailer park. It was a single wide trailer. It had three bedrooms and one bathroom. I think that's why today, Brian can tell you, I have a thing about bathrooms. When we moved into our place, I, uh, you know, and then mom was living there too, I said, we've got to have at least three bathrooms. So we do, we have three bathrooms. <laughs> and um, my father did not believe in going to church. He said he read the Bible. I guess he felt like he understood it, and he, he said churches were just to take your money. I was like, okay, I don't know about all that. Well, my mom, was she became a Jehovah's Witness. My dad really didn't care if she did that or not. He let her do that, and um, me and my brothers would have to go with her, and I did not like going. I, I was younger, so I really didn't understand what they were talking about, really didn't want to know what they were talking about, so I would be kind of bored. Um, but I was always drawn to learning about God. I just, as a kid, I, I was like, man, I, I, I wish I could go to church, you know, like, um, I didn't have really a Bible to read. Um, but uh, when I was younger, I liked watching the little Davy and Goliath on TV. 
I tried to get my daughter to let the grandkids watch it, and they're, they're like, it's boring. I was like, yeah, it's not like what the stuff is today, but I thought it was good. Um, I don't believe my grandparents went to church. I don't know um, if, if they you know, were saved or not. Um, but when I was uh, 10 years old, my father, he had to have open heart surgery. Now at this time, I guess they didn't have it where they would do it with the veins and take it out of your leg. They just weren't doing that. So they put this tef Teflon um, tube there, and I guess it was down in his heart, and um, his body rejected it. So they had to take it out, and they says, well, there's nothing else we can really do for you. So then my, my dad, he went up to Cleveland Clinic and he asked him, he says, hey, is there something you can do for me? And um, so they, they said, well, you know, we have this new procedure, but you'd have to sign the paperwork saying, you know, they weren't responsible if something went wrong. And it was where you take the vein out of the person's leg and put it in their heart. So they did it. And um, they told him he might, it might give him about 12 more years, but it gave him more than that. But after that happened, he tried to go back to work. He tried working a half day. He, could, he couldn't even do a half day, so then he you know, went on disability. Well, after that, my mom, since then, my mom um, had got a license. My dad got her like a you know, little car to drive, and so she had a job. I, th I think she worked at a nursing home like in the kitchen or something. And one night, it's etched in my brain. Um, she came, she was running late coming home from work and my dad was getting irritated. Of course, back then you didn't have cell phones so you couldn't call the person and she hadn't called. So she came walking in the door with a bag with some food in it and my dad, he was mad and he was like, where have you been? And she said, well, I had to stop at the store. And then she had got these TV dinners. He's like, it took you that long to get TV dinners? And so, I don't know. I guess maybe I just didn't know it because I was little. Um, she got upset and she said, I can't take it no more. She walked in their room. She packed, I don't know if she packed every single thing, but she packed her stuff and I ran after her and I was crying. And I said, mommy, please don't leave, please don't leave. And she said, I can't take it no more. So she left. We didn't know where she went. And then, uh, I guess she had, you know, met some friend when she started working or something like that. But then later on, you know, they ended up, they were getting divorced. And um, the good thing is the, the judge, because uh, my brothers were older than me, and then he asked each of us where, who we wanted to be with. And it was a hard, like, who do you pick? Who do you pick between your parents? My brothers were mad at my mom for leaving. And I mean, I wasn't thrilled, but um, so, you know, I had, I had said, you know, I wanted to stay with my dad because I was worried about him because of the surgery. So we ended up staying with dad. She got her own place. Um, she wanted to, you know, pick us up to see her or whatever. My brothers didn't want to see her. And I ended up, eventually I would go see her. Um, and then, uh, so, my my middle brother Danny, he was kind of dad's kind of dad's favorite, but I I mean, it, he wasn't mean to us or anything like that. But 
Okay. And so um, I, I said, I, I, I think I want to uh, move with mom because me and my brother would end up doing a lot of the, you know, chores and stuff, and then Danny get away with not having to do it. So we ended up moving back with my mom. But I'll let Brian take it now. So one thing I forgot to mention that when Glenda said it, uh, growing up, um, my grandparents, uh, my mom's mom and dad, um, faithful church attenders went uh, Methodist as, lo as long as I can remember. Um, we would occasionally go to church as a family for a period of time. Um, and pretty sure most of those, if not all of them, and, until I started exploring um, that on my own as a teenager, um, were Methodists. There was no rhyme or reason even today looking back on when we did that uh, or when we would go and why we would stop going um, and all, but that, that's kind of that. Um, a critical point in my life was actually in my senior year of high school, shortly before graduation. Um, as, a, as a teenager, um, one, I'm amazed um, that I'm here, here today, some of the stupid things that I did uh, in my life. Um, but um, we got to the point where um, my mom, my mom and I pretty much didn't see eye to eye on anything. And I remember we had a, we had a, we had a argument and we were at the top of, of the stairs in the townhouse that we lived in at the time after we'd moved back from North Carolina. And about this time she was telling me to get out, I was telling her I was leaving. I had nowhere to go. Um, and the only thing I could think of is I grabbed a suitcase and the, the last thing my mom said before I left the house is I'm calling your dad. And the last thing I said to her was, by the time he gets here, I will be gone. So I, I grabbed a suitcase and, and a couple other things and I packed it with some clothes and some other things that in hindsight, if you're, if you're leaving home, probably not smart to take a whole bunch of encyclopedias and other things, um, just FYI. I had a, I had a very dear friend um, that I was in junior ROTC with um, and we are still friends today. In fact, he's the only person from high school that I have maintained a, a uh, contact with over the years and he actually lives in Orlando today so the only thing that I could think of because as Glenda said back then you either talked face to face or you were on a corded phone I don't even think cordless were, were around at the time so I, here here's Brian walking probably was at least roughly five miles to go to his house to see if I could stay there. So his, his dad was in the Navy and his dad was actually out on a cruise. So that they weren't in port, they were actually out, but his mom was there. And, and he said, come on in and, and everything. So he introduces me. Uh, I think that was actually the first time I met his mom. Uh, introduces me to her um, and they were Christians. Um, and she said, she said, you can stay here um, and I don't have a problem with it, but I need to talk to my husband 
you know, before we can, you know, commit to long term. And I was totally fine with that. Um, and they understood that, yeah, I'm, I, this isn't a long term thing. I, I've got a plan. I just need somewhere to stay so I can graduate. I kept touch, and as a matter of fact, we're still in touch today. Um, but I will say that's where, that was probably the first true time of seeing a godly example uh, demonstrated to me in a way that, that connected to me. Um, I shipped off, I graduated on a Friday. On Monday, my parents actually took me back up to Richmond, Virginia to reprocess through MEPS, make sure I was still physically, you know, well. And then Tuesday, they put me on a, on a train to, to go to basic training. Uh, so I took basic training through there and then entered, entered um, actual service after all my training was completed. Uh, when I signed up, I would have signed a 20-year contract from the beginning. Um, I knew I wanted to, to go to college um, at some point, but I knew one of two things would happen if I went straight out of high school. I was gonna get kicked out um, or I, I was, you know, I wasn't gonna apply myself enough and I was, I was gonna flunk out. So probably one of the smartest things that actually ended up ultimately leading to Glenda and I um, meeting together. So I went to Germany, my first duty assignment, rotated back to Fort Bragg. At Fort Bragg, I got to the period where it was, well, you either re-enlist or you thank you for your service and go home. And I re-enlisted. I actually re-enlisted to go back to Germany because I enjoyed Germany so much. Um, and then I went on temporary duty to Germany for two months and we had most of our weekends we, we had off and we happened to go to a certain base there that had a signal unit and I walked in there and I talked to the first sergeant who is the senior company level enlisted person I gave him my name, my social security number, and I said, I would really like to be assigned here. I said, I don't know what you can do about that. I said, but I would appreciate, you know, if you can make the effort. I said, if it doesn't happen, I said, I understand. God has a sense of humor because when I came down on orders, it was for that, that exact unit is where I got assigned. That base is the same base that Glenda, about a, almost a year later, would be assigned to. Our units were in the same battalion, and the, our company orderly rooms faced each other. They were on opposite sides of the street, so we shared a, a common street for formations and, and such, but that's how we got there. Lee's shared a few times. Um, a commonality that we have and the, the fact now we didn't know each other in, until he and Mitzi started coming here. But when I got saved um, was right before I went back over to Germany. Um, I was saved. Um, I went to a Baptist church. I attended um, a Sunday service. They were going into a revival the the youngest daughter of the family that I had stayed with, um, 
I was in Orlando, and she kept inviting me to the revival, inviting me to the revival. It was Friday night, the last service, and I'd made excuses all, all all, all week long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ran out of excuses, and I happened to get back, and they're getting ready to leave for church. And I told her, I said, I said, I'm coming. I knew how to get to the church on my own. I said, don't wait for me, which their parents weren't about to do that anyway. Um, I said, but I promise you, I said, I will be there. So I jumped in the shower, got dressed and went there, got there, sat toward the back of the church. Um, and when they, when they made the, the invitation to accept Christ, I remember she was sitting next to me and I tapped her leg to let her know I was going up. And I didn't run, but next thing I knew, I was, I was at the front surrendering to the Lord. Um, the pastor understood that I was military and they, he actually made arrangements to where I could be water baptized um, before I went to Germany. So here I am, a new Christian. They're nervous because I'm getting redeployed and calling back home from Germany is not a cheap thing to do. Um, So obviously there. So when I got there, being on base, not knowing anything, being in a foreign country, I started attending the local chapel there. And one one of the things early on that, that really is a memorable moment was I was attending that and I remember walking out one day and the Lord spoke to me and, I, and I'm kind of likely, I don't use that term lightly, but I literally turned around because it was, it was I, I literally thought somebody else was talking to me and he said, do not return here. And I'm like, what? Okay. So I did. So I... God placed a more seasoned Christian in my platoon. So I I went to him and I talked to him. I said, look, I said, I kind of have a problem. I said, I've been going here. I said, God told me not to go there. He said, well, do you want to go to church with me and my wife? They went to another, another base was was in there. They had a bigger chapel. I said, absolutely. I said, because I got to go to church. Um, so I did. By this time, Glenda is in Germany. She's going to church somewhere else. We get invited by another brother to go to the church that she's going to. And, um, so we go and it's awesome. That was the first Pentecostal service I'd ever been in in my life but i was i was um i loved it i loved it i loved the worship um church of god in christ is predominantly african-american so we were kind of we kind of stood out we'll, we'll just put it that way but we were warmly received um and it it really was the foundation um of of my my faith was through attendance there and we actually met there. Um, you want me to tell the story? Okay. All right. So 
they had a thing to, to make sure that we, we didn't have what today you hear, you hear the term players, our, our brothers floating the field with single sisters, if you will. So if a brother was interested in a sister in the church, you had to have a conversation with the pastor. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of telling a little bit of age because I'm, I'm guessing it's probably not that way today, but that's okay. Um, so I did. And I mean, we had gone, she, because she had um, our older girls, um, she was in government quarters, and from time to time, either she would open up her home in between Sunday, Sunday's morning service um, and Sunday evening, YPWW, Brother Lee, which I know that rings, uh, we had that on Sunday evening, so you kind of had a break. So you were pretty much Sunday, except for, for breakfast if you ate that, um, and, and dinner, you were in church. Um, and if you didn't, the, the mentality then was you must have backslidden. Um, so we, I don't know that technically we called it dating at the time, um, but we got to a point where apparently I made her uncomfortable because I kept asking her out. And she let me know she liked me, but she didn't, wasn't look, didn't look to me that way. Um, and so there was, there was a break and there was no hard feelings uh, there. Um, in between that, I actually got engaged. I was engaged to, to somebody that I was in Germany, she was in the States. Um, and I actually had come back to the States to help plan our wedding. And things took a turn for the the worst in that in that relationship and they people told me they said just rent a car drive out to texas which is where she was working uh and you know just don't worry about a fancy wedding you can do that later and i was like i just i was like no no and i kind of shut down um and then within a few weeks of getting back to germany i got a dear john letter yay uh and if that wasn't bad enough, um, she soon found out that the person that she married had a cocaine problem. Um, so I went through a very hard time there because I knew that Brian was not supposed to be single the rest of his life. And I was about, yeah, I was almost 24 at the time. Um, so I'm at the altar almost every time the church door is open, dealing with, it, dealing with that, asking God for direction. Um, slinging snot is, is a term that, that was used back then. I mean, literally, I, I probably had my own individual Kleenex box. Um, and I remember um, being in my barracks room and praying and and God showed me Glenda, and He said, "Trust me." I'm a slow learner at times. Y'all have I, we've been here long enough. Some of y'all can attest to that more than more than others. So I I butt lorded a few times, and and after the third time of Him saying, "Just trust me." 
was like, I better just trust God and leave this alone. So we we went our, our so I asked her out on a um a date um and with two girls uh understanding most most times activities were going to involve both of us or both of them as well as her um but we did go go on one particular one and I rem- the what really showed that that was God's plan was when we went on the date. It was just the two of us. There was we went to go to the movies. There was nothing in the the local community where that we wanted to see. But somehow we found out there was something that we both agreed on in Heidelberg, which at that time was about an hour away. So I called our pastor and I said, I said I'm using the church the church van. And I said, I'm taking, I said, we're there. And he said, all right. He said, thank you for letting me know. So we're driving and we no sooner get on on the Autobahn and she opens up and says, look, I need to share some things with you. And apparently God had worked on her heart. And I really, within about Five kilometers, I really, and I don't, I don't dance, I'm not that coordinated. Um, I wanted to pull over and dance because everything that she said was showing me that it was God's plan. Um, I didn't have a birth certificate, a copy of my birth certificate. Um, in Germany at the time, you had to, um, if you were getting married in Germany, even though you were soldiers, you had to get married on the German economy. Um, another God plan, uh, a God move was I had to request this um, through regular snail mail, and that thing came from the time I, I sent that the letter requesting it with the with the money order to when it came back was was less than 10 days, which at that time was, yeah, unheard of. So amen to wow. Uh, so we had our, past, most of our congregation at the church were, were active duty military. We had a few that were um, Germans um, and some were spouses, but most of them. We originally planned to get married um, in the church, but we ended up obviously getting married on the German economy first. Our first set of rings was literally bought from, I can't, I was thinking about it. I don't remember if it was a magazine. I honestly want to say it was a comic book. Yeah, thank you. It, so those ads, yay. We, we paid less than $300 for our first set. Um, we did not have them when we got married. We had a brother and sister that were nice enough to to lend us theirs for the ceremony, but they made clear they wanted them back. And uh, we we were so broke as a new couple that had somebody, uh, a couple not given us, what was it 50 marks? 50 marks, we couldn't have even gone to dinner. 
we would we would have gone home and figured something out. Um, but we did, and we we went to our favorite Greek restaurant there in Germany. Um, and all, and yeah, we need to hurry up. But God, God has has had His finger or His hands, not His finger, in our lives. As I as I look back, and I've looked back even more over the the time that we've been here, and probably even more so since COVID, and just seeing how God. God works everything out if you just if you just let him. Um, later on, um, she's getting out of the service because we both actually almost got deployed simultaneously with with two young girls um, during that little thing called the Gulf War, um, and she felt that. You know that that really rubbed her the wrong way, and and she said, "I want to get out," and we had to wait till they lifted the stop loss. And I said, "Okay." So she's trying to process, getting ready to process out of the service. Meanwhile, I get notification, "Hey, you're going to Turkey and possibly into Iraq." So she's trying to out process in Germany. And at the same time, get get me ready to go. We don't spend our we don't spend an anniversary actually together until our third anniversary. We missed our second by ten days. Um, we have missed more than our share of birthdays and other things over the years due to my time in the service. Another God thing uh, was I I got promoted within five years to sergeant at 15 years i was still a sergeant um and i was approaching what is known as the retention control point in other words you haven't gotten promoted you must be doing something wrong um and thank you for your service um i'm literally interviewing with other companies um i interviewed with one and the gentleman that interviewed me was had had retired from the air force and he, one of his questions was, why, why are you looking at separate? And I, and I explained that he got it. He said, well, let me ask you this. He said, what happens if you, I had one, one month left or one cutoff score um, when they published it. And if, if I didn't have the points, I was, I was gonna have to separate. He said, what happens if, if you make that? I said, I'm gonna stay in. He said, smart choice. Well, again, God had a plan. I did. I got promoted. And I immediately came down on orders for Korea. Yes, Korea. Unaccompanied. Thank you. Um, so we we did that. Um, but God has really truly blessed us throughout our our life together. Um, when we moved here, um, obviously we. We went to different churches trying to find a church home. Um, I, will, I will tell you that as soon as we came here, the very first service, um, I, I really felt like this was home. Um, and I'm just so thankful.
I've talked a whole lot. She's not used to me talking this much. Uh, so we have that in common too, Lee. Uh, any last words before Pastor wraps up? Yeah, when we got here and we were trying to figure out what church, well, it was a little easier to narrow down because we were Pentecostal. And he, I remember, he was pointing to Oxford Assembly of God, you know, and I said, oh, I don't know, I don't know. So he says, well, why don't we just try it and see? So we, we came, and the first greeter we had was Jane. <laughs> and, you know, that, that was a win right there with Jane. So, but, yeah, we... I was thinking when, we, when I was uh, trying to figure out stuff to say, I said, I don't know, we might need a mini-series for this. But uh, he, he did a you know, good job with it because um, he, he remembers stuff a lot better than me. I call him my elephant because he can remember. He'll, yeah, he remembers. Pastor, <laughs> so. is, that a, is that a compliment? <laughs> I, I think that's a compliment. On behalf of our pastor and staff here at OAG, we want to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of our ministry. We are grateful for you and the support you give our church and its ministries so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do, to be the family church for the family of God. For more content from Pastor Strickland and Oxford Assembly of God, check out our media website at oag.church/media.